Put a mustache on Boober Fraggle and call him Gallagher Crosby, attorney at law. This is GeekCast Live. It's a trap! Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the GeekCast Live Podcast, Season 10, Episode 449. I am your host, Rob Bass, and with me as always... Cartoon Joe! And it is just the two of us this week. I think Nick and Ryan are off roasting marshmallows somewhere. Um, Is that what they call it now? That's probably what they call it now. Uh... How are you doing? I am. It, it, you know what? It's been a great day. Yeah. It's been a great day. Pat Robertson died. One of my, yeah. one of my mortal nemeses. Yeah. Yeah. As a pastor. Uh, uh, as a, tell as a me, tell me a little bit about him. Cause I feel like uh, I've seen quite a bit of uh, jubilation uh, yeah. here of late. Um, I have like at best a glancing blow of today's worth of insight on him. Uh, yeah. So I'm less familiar with his um, uh, career fuckery. Yeah. So he is. Uh, I'm actually surprised there hasn't been a behind the bastards on him yet. It's probably coming. Yeah. Um, but he basically was uh, when you think of televangelism, sure. he was the televangelist, at least right. in my mind. Sure. Uh, he ran the 700 club. Um, a lot no. of people. Uh, would like call into his show and stuff and um, uh, ask him for advice, ask him questions about the Bible, um, sure. ask him questions about doctrine. Like, you know, uh, one, I, I saw a video of somebody asking him about, um, actually it was one of the surprising good answers, like almost kind, thoughtful and measured. Someone was working with two trans women and was like, these two guys want me to call them she, her, and they, they want to be treated like women. And they're trying to get their, their sex legally changed by the state. And Pat Robertson is like, you know, I, uh, I think that if, um, if they're willing to jump through all those hoops, you know, they probably actually are women. And, you know, it, uh, some some women are born in men's bodies, and it's very rare, but some men are born in women's bodies, and uh, and and that's just how it is, basically. That's a uh, very measured answer. It was a shockingly pro-trans answer uh, for the time being, for the time right. period. Um, I think just it, it hadn't entered the mainstream culture war at that point. So, um, but here's a, here's a list of, of some of his... Um, his real, real hot takes. All right, great. Send um, he called Hinduism and Islam demonic and satanic. Classic. Uh, talked. Uh, of course, he was friends with Jerry Falwell, uh, and he blamed nine. He talked with Falwell and blamed nine eleven on um, the pagans, the abortionists, the feminists, the gays, and the lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um, this was this was September nineteenth of twenty oh one by the way. So this was eight days. Oh, hell yeah. He's just going <laughs> wasted, for it. Wasted absolutely no time. Well, he wasted just a small amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he implied Hurricane Katrina was uh-huh. God's punish- punishment for abortion. Neat. Um, I feel like also, I vaguely recall this guy now. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Um, this is the one that made me, I think I actually retweeted it uh, and was like, why? Like, I, I stopped short of saying, why didn't somebody Shinzo Abe him? 
Sure. Um, but this is because people is, don't have access to 3D printers. Yeah. Well, not back then, but you know, uh, in 2010, he claimed that the the earthquake in Haiti that killed 100,000 people, okay, uh, was because Haiti's founders brought the earthquake on themselves when they declared independence from France and stole their bodies back from their oppressors. Ah, all right. very cool so, stuff. Really. Yeah. Great um, guy. Yeah, I don't know why it is. Uh, I'm I'm a big Haiti defender and a big Congo defender. So like should. whenever whenever people are like anti Haiti or anti Congo, I am instantly like fuck the French, fuck the Belgium people. Yep. Um, and anybody who agrees with them that those things were okay, I go fuck yourselves. I don't. Yeah. Yes. Un- until you pay that twenty one billion dollars back, I don't care about you, uh, France. Although, you know, keep burning down your parliament. I like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The French people are cool. Yeah. The French con- the concept of the French. Yeah, exactly. That's a good, good way to put it. Um, uh, one of my favorite things, uh, of course, he, he, he was a culture warrior to the end. You know, he hated uh, critical race theory. Um, in 2021, right. he said critical race theory gave people of color the whip handle over white people. Oh, all right. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, One time a a guy called in saying his wife wasn't respectful enough and Robertson jokingly suggested they move to Saudi Arabia so he could beat her. Oh, cool dude. Cool dude. I'm sure Um, he lived a pretty humble life as well. Um, And that like, uh, I I can't imagine as a preacher, uh, you guys are getting paid hand over fist, right? Oh, I'm not, but let's see how. Uh, what was Act, Pat Robertson's right. wealth? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm him. actually like almost critically over underpaid. I mean, yeah, <laughs> underpaid. Uh, yeah, net worth this. of over a hundred million dollars at ninety three. All right, well, lived to be ninety three. By the way, yeah. uh, this was a guy. Uh, one of my one of my favorite things. Um, favorite in heavy scare quotes. Uh, if you look back in the Hebrew scriptures. One of the things about prophets is that if they are proven to be false prophets, they uh, they're actually supposed to be executed. Sure. Um, and most of them don't. Most of the prophets we have, uh, minor and major, didn't they? Like they died of old age before their prophecies fully came true. Sure. A lot of them. Uh, and so they held on to them just to see if like, well, maybe it'll come true. Let's check it out. And the ones we have generally are considered to have come true. Um, mostly because they had to do with Israel and Judah getting taken over by foreign powers. So like, uh, you know, around 700, the Northern kingdom of Israel falls to Assyria, uh, gets taken into exile and, and the, the first diaspora starts, uh, and then about a hundred years later, Judah is taken down by Babylon and taken into exile for yeah, roughly, uh, I want to say their actual exile period lasts about 80 years, um, which they figured was close enough to the hundred years that Isaiah talked about that they, they kept them. They kept Isaiah. It's fine. Doesn't matter. The is main pre statistics time. Cause I mean, I feel like making a prophecy saying that some sort of kingdom or empire or anything of the like is going to fall is just like, I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty safe bet on a long enough well, time scale. Like the yeah. odds are pretty good yeah. that it's going to fall and your prophecy is going to come true. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. Um, the thing 
And, and, and also another to add sort of to that, uh, Israel, if you look at a map, Israel is at the crossroads of three really big empires, sure. maybe the three biggest empires the world has seen before Britain sure. uh, and Russia. Right. Um, so Rome is to the north and west. Persia slash, you know, Babylon, Assyria, whatever, that's to the, the north and east. Mm-hmm. And Egypt is to the south and east right. or west, excuse me. Um, and to get over land to any of the three of them from any of the other two, uh, you have to cross through Israel, right? It's a really great place to have strategically. Fair enough. Um, Yeah. Everybody's going to be gunning for it. Yeah. So they, there's a reason that Israel gets got a lot in, in its history. Um, but there, there, there are, I don't know. Take it with whatever grain of salt you want to take it with. The the prophets were surprisingly accurate for their time. But the thing the thing with prophecy in the Bible is that it's not like we think of prophecy, where it's like the prophets foretold and the thing happened. Sure. Um, prophets were like comedians now. Okay. Not that they were funny, and not that they weren't funny, by the way. They were, I mean, probably, Jews. They were pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> not to be not to be playfully anti-Semitic, but they're Jewish, right? Of course they're fucking funny. Um, but the, the point is that they're looking around and observing what's happening and going, Hey, that's fucked up. And it's probably going to lead to this. And then this happens. It it seems more inference. I like the prophecy, which is like, which is fine. Like I like to like throw around the, I'm a prophet thing every now and again, whatever. It's just look at the data, make a prediction for sure. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, so, but there were, there were obviously a lot of people who would make a prophecy because they wanted to be paid well. Oh, yeah. uh, same, same thing today, same thing today. And that's where um, Pat Robinson comes in. Yeah. hundred percent. One of my favorite things that happened in his life was uh one time, one year, I can't, I can't remember the exact year cause I haven't seen the specific one, but he once predicted that, um, Israel, mm-hmm. Uh, this was before woke became a thing, but I'll, uh, did I say Israel? I meant Disney. Disney. Okay. The IS fucked my brain up there for a second. Yeah. Um, Disney was too woke, too feminist, too whatever the culture war. Too progressive. Um, and so he proclaimed that God was going to send a hurricane on Florida to destroy Disney. Hmm. Well, that hurricane hurricanes season, a lot. Yep. Uh, true. Happens all the time. You'd think it would be a sure bet. Yeah. The amazing thing about it to me, this is the thing that, that really, if, if I were an extremist, I actually probably would be believing whatever he said, but if I were that kind of extremist and, and I were really to take it all the way to its logical end, not that these people are logical, um, that particular hurricane season, not a single hurricane hit Florida. Hmm. And within a week of his pronouncement that this would happen, a hurricane hit Virginia, where he is located. Classic. All right. <laughs> if, I were, if I were, if I were, if I were a betting man, if I were one of these these people who believed in this kind of stuff, uh, I just said, That's "Hey, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, maybe yeah, you a... shouldn't be a guy we listen to, at best, and maybe you should be dead at worst." Yeah, in the hurricane. Um, anyway, well, 
That's deeply Mason. fascinating. Well, yep. fuck him. Rod Piss. Yep. Uh, just a true homophobe from from uh, birth until death. And, um, you know, uh, you know what? It was nice of him to be pro-life and still die. Uh, and also, it was nice of him to be uh, weirdly pro-trans all the way to the end. He's now created our newest uh, national gender-neutral bathroom. Hmm. So fair point. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that might be That's, too far. I don't know. Uh, it's the Robin Joe show. We're delightfully edgy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess piggybacking on that. And I don't know if this is uh, uh, w- what you were going to suggest, but what uh, what's making you smile this week? <laughs> oh yeah. That, I mean, that's part folks. of it. Yeah. That is certainly part of it. You know, and, and I, I don't know. I'm a universalist. I believe uh, if there's a hell, it is primarily restorative. Um, it's a, it's a place where you're you're purged of your sins so that you can enter into glory uh, as sure. the person you're supposed to be. Um, that being said, um, I think my my take on Twitter I really liked was um, we all we all want penis flattener hell to exist because some people deserve to have their penis flattened in death if not in life. Sure. Um, but we all also know that like eternal torture for ter- for temporary lives is fucked up. Makes no sense. Uh, that'd be really unjust. Uh, that being said, I do I do wish him at least a couple rounds of butthole spiders. Yeah. Before he gets to 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 do the good place thing and 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 get his his eternal life back together. A quick glancing blow through like the hell in Little Nicky would probably be fine yeah i mean if you could spend like an hour covered in bees yeah that's all right that'd be great that'd be great uh an hour <laughs> in eternity time sure to be clear so like 100 years yeah or whatever <laughs> however that math works out yeah yeah but anyway pat robertson's dead i'm happy about that. that is making me smile um world is a better place better brighter place with him not in it um which i don't i don't say that about many people yeah um What's, uh, I'll kick it to you. What's making you smile this week? I'm glad that you asked. Traitors. Yeah. Traitors in the midst. Uh, I was so hoping that that'd be the answer. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Mark Meadows, uh, pleading guilty to a bunch of things and, uh, striking yeah. a plea deal and, uh, all sorts of stuff. And the world of small victories. That's a pretty fun victory. Uh, and I'm excited to see where that goes. That was the like the thing that's been on my mind for, uh, I feel like it's been the last couple of days now or something. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I'm intrigued to see how it shakes out. I see that Mike Pence is being a coward on stage and like, waffling on both potentially pardoning Trump's or terrible things happen or befall upon him, uh, and also giving very, like, hypocritical takes on nobody is above the law, but also we shouldn't persecute Trump or anybody else because it would set a dangerous precedent, but we have to restore equal justice under the law. That was a real fucking hellbender of a... Like, yeah, what a, a needle to thread. Yeah, like, all right, guy, 
fuck it. You're just flailing up here. Anyway, uh, it seems like, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, it is the season of some small cosmic justice. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take it. Enjoy it while I can. Because I know that it'll be a long, dark road ahead of us. Yeah, I, I'm surprised there hasn't been a pardon yet. Yeah, I am as well. And, like, it doesn't seem like one's coming. And... Uh, I hope that that just continues to be the course of action. I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the government case. Like you, you are familiar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Same. Uh, I can't help but feel like at least if we're going to share in like the concept of a government and like there should be some system that we can use to try and empower and better our lives. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, if as long as we got to, the damn king, we might as yes, well use it to do some good. Right. Right. Uh, if you try to, uh, I don't know, insurrect a government from the government's point of view, I can't help but feel like you got to go right, or at least like become so docile that you're not a problem anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think if. Yeah, if he had driven, if he had ridden off into the sunset, uh, and never ungraciously and just fucking bitter, and yeah. and January sixth didn't happen, I think that yeah. you could still have a lot of problems with him and say that he sure. probably should be uh, tried for a number of things. But I don't think that he would get um, seditious treason charges or nope. espionage uh, act, espionage act, or yeah, all of these other things thrown at him. So you know. Small victories. Yeah. Yeah. Indicted, in case that wasn't clear today. That made me smile. Oh, hell yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So Mark Meadows' testimony, I don't know if it was part of it or if it's going to lead to a second indictment. I'm sure that it, um, well, I'm sure that it helped a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful for a second indictment. I'll, you know what? As many indictments as they want to add up, I'll take them. Long as they're not frivolous. But so far, uh, that Jack Smith guy seems to know what he's doing. It seems all right. Yeah, I'm pleased. I'm pleased with it, uh, I must say. So, happy indictment and Pat Roberts. Happy pride. Happy pride. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready to say it as it was falling out of your mouth. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time of year. Uh, yeah, good shit. Uh you want to cut in some plugs and then we can talk some weird shit? Yeah. All right. Let's fucking go. Hey, guys. Question for you. Yeah. I'm I'm here. Ask um, away. Where would you go if you were looking for, like, like, knee pads and hair ties, but, like, they had our slogans and logos on them and stuff? I don't um, know. Volleyballmag.org. Oh, you went that doesn't sound right. Which is nice. I no. was thinking maybe what? a lion's den, but in lieu of going to mm. an adult sex shop, maybe we go to Threadless. Maybe we go specifically to gcl.threadless.com. gcl.threadless.com. Could I get a could I get a, a hat rack? I believe so. Nice. Can I get the shower curtain? Yeah. What about stickers? Nope. Oh, okay. There's How about a notebook? Yes. Fantastic. That's if GCL. I went there, could I possibly <laughs> could I possibly get a discount? Yes. How could I do that? 
We'd have to create a discount code. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> GCLThreadless.com. All right, Joe. Those were some plugs. They were some plugs. All right. So uh, I feel like my hair is too long for me to be able to do this, but I really want to like stand it up and frizzle it at least three feet tall mm. uh, to uh, channel my inner uh, ancient alien guys because I want to talk about aliens. Hell yeah. Baby. You do. You do have a hell of an Alan Moore thing going. Oh, I thank you. Uh, the, yeah. uh, uh, aspiring more is what I put on my uh, uh, business card. Nice. Thank you. Anyway, uh, so there have been some weird, weird is the right word, uh, uh, unusual at the very least developments, I suppose, in the, uh, uh, the alien conspiracy uh, ring. Uh, so we've gone through and looked over uh, a little bit about this. What's your, uh, firstly, do you want to give me a quick rundown on what we've taken, uh, what we've learned so far on this interesting, uh, yeah, I guess there's a guy I, I've already forgotten his name. It's an, it's an, it's, his um, name it slips off my brain like water off a duck's back. I think it was David Grouch. That's right. David Grouch or Grouch or something. Grouch, Grouch, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, G-R-U-S-C-H is what you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. I see. It's weird. I can remember the spelling, but not how it was pronounced. Um, yeah, so he's he worked for something for Department years? of Defense. Ah, uh, DOD. Former, in, former intelligence officer. Yeah, and he, he has recently come out and uh, basically tried to confirm that aliens are real. Um. And that's basically all I got out of what we talked about. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's more or less the gist of it. So um, this uh, former uh, intelligence officer uh, has gone out to a number of different news agencies at this point and started talking about um, these different UAPs or unexplained anomalous phenomena, uh, which is oh, kind of a more... Honed in version of UFOs, right? An unidentified flying object could be any number of things. We use right. that kind of broadly. Um, so this is a little bit more um, uh, targeted to specifically mean something of um, uh, not known Unearthly. origins. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this guy comes out, uh, and between him and another current so far as i understand u.s intelligence officer from uh nasic or the national air and space intelligence center uh his name is jonathan gray uh confirmed the existence of various uh quote unquote exotic materials and uh partial and complete uh, uh vehicles of uh extraplanetary origin all right. And, all right. So I'm intrigued. This seems like it lines up at the very least so far with a number of other UFO stories that you hear, right? Uh, uh, these stories are coming from uh, uh, intelligence officers that have government secrets, um, and they're they're leaking out this information, uh, probably to write a book, but. I don't know. So you had mentioned that the Pentagon had actually leaked out or not leaked out, yeah. but um, 
put out a few of these UAP videos recently. Um, Apparently, April 21st, uh, someone from the Pentagon was testifying before Congress and brought with them video of um, some kind of UAP. There's like a uh, it's drone footage over a base in um, the Middle East with a there's like an orb that just passes across the screen. And, um, you know, I got to say, it doesn't look like anything I've ever seen. Um, it could be very easily just CGI, frankly, sure. um, cause it is the clearest thing in the entire video. It's all, it's like a reverse Bigfoot. Like instead of the trees and everything being super clear and distinct and Bigfoot being fuzzy, um, the base and everything around it is really fuzzy, but the orb is clear. Interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, they, this is in, as I understand it, the Senate record. And, uh, now granted I found this from the New York post and I don't, I don't generally trust them. Um, sure. but also they, I mean, they're not complete wackadoos and they do sometimes report the news as, as written. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting. It's interesting to have the Pentagon confirming anything. Um, which also makes me immediately be like, ah, it's a lie then. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's like, all right, so like inner dweeb geek Rob is, you know, desperately hopeful that aliens exist out there. Oh, yeah, same. Like, that's a, like the easiest answer to the Fermi paradox is uh, if, if, you know, the question is where are all the aliens at if the, uh, if the galaxy or the universe is infinitely old and infinitely vast? Uh, and the answer is they're there. Um, it's a pretty fun answer. Uh, could be a potentially scary answer, but that's a fun answer. Like it's no. better than just the cosmos are empty and uh, good luck. Right. Well, and we're, we are so noisy as a species. I mean, sure. I think we've been as, as soon as we could figure out radio waves and probably even before we figured them out, we were sending stuff into space. Sure. Um, we are, we are loud as fuck where, I mean, as, as a, I don't know if it's as a species, we're very American or Americans are just like the height of, of homo sapiens, uh, noisiness. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, just in terms of noisiness. Yeah. Yeah. All just right. in terms of noisiness, not like sure. anything else. I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a progressive in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think evolution's leading anywhere. It's just a thing that happens in response to life. Sure. Um, but yeah, and uh, what I, I don't know, I was, I was listening to, I watched, I sometimes I tune into the Vlog Brothers, uh, Hank and John Green. Okay. And, uh, and Hank was talking about, uh, I think this was before he had cancer, uh, before we knew he had cancer. He was talking about how um, what he believes is that, yes, intelligent life exists and it's out there. But the reason we haven't seen it uh, and this gives him great hope for us as a species is that what he believes is that when they reached the point of being able to do space travel, they had also come to a similar climate crisis sure. and realized that it was better to live in peace and harmony on their own planet than it was to burn the planet to get to another planet. Sure. Um, and so that's another possible 
uh, answer to the Fermi paradox, which I kind of like. Um, it's, it's definitely one of the more hopeful ones. Yeah. And like, that would be cool and all because the right. other options are far more terrifying. 100%. Uh, yeah. I, I would like maybe somewhere in between. Yeah, as long as we don't end up anywhere close to like the three body pl- problem, I'm fine. I don't give me that one. I don't know. I don't know that I know that one. Oh man, that's terrific. Uh, that's by uh, uh, an author named Shishin Liu. Uh, yeah. It's C C I X I N uh, L I U. Uh, and the the whole premise of the story revolves around the concept of the dark forest theory. All right. Um, so the dark forest right. theory okay. is a potential answer to the, uh, the Fermi paradox. So right. the answer being, where is all, where are all the aliens at? Nobody's making a sound because the universe, the galaxy is a dark forest. There are things that make sounds and go bump in the night. And, uh, as that's the case, um, this is just a big predatory jungle, right? If something makes sound somewhere, then a predator is going to shoot it. So imagine yourself a hunter and you wake up one morning and you check around your little cave and your bush everywhere that's relatively as close to safety to possibly get. And you make your way out into this forest and you hear a rustling on the other side of the bush. You're not entirely sure what it is. It could be smaller than you and pray for you, or it could be bigger than you and you could be its next meal. Right. Uh, So the, the, the logic in the dark forest theory is that you either stay quiet or whenever you hear something, you um, uh, uh, take the initiative and do the first strike because it may be life or death for you. Uh, It's not particularly like, steadfast concept that i think holds up to a whole lot of like critical testing yeah but it's a fun one to exercise um yeah and uh yeah 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 um it would be i I don't know it would be fascinating yeah for sure i kind of love the idea that the rest of the universe is terrified of us because we're this loud i mean potentially but like at the like stage that you like the stage of technology that you would have to get for any sort of interstellar space travel uh is like magnitudes like orders above what we have currently and with any amount of that kind of power like just raw like electrical power and things that you can do with it um i i feel like being able to to destroy planets through all sorts of various means would be pretty easy. So I don't think that if that is the case, I can't imagine that anybody's quaking in their boots because they can literally fly between solar systems or right. yeah. I'm just I'm thinking send about like, a piece of asteroid flying at us, even a percentage of the speed of light, and there's not really a whole lot we're gonna be able to do about that. Oh, for sure, for sure. No, I'm just I'm thinking about like on Earth, um, our predator species sure. tend to like easy prey. Sure. And easy prey tends to um, not be so loud and annoying and stuff. Uh, sure. Like our, our noise 
speaks to a certain level of health and vitality and maybe ability to team up and do things to fight back. Um, you know, like if you go hiking in the woods, you wear bells on your shoes and it helps keep the bears away because they, as much as they'd love to eat you, they also don't want to fuck with fighting a human right. um, when there's like honey or right there. Sure. You know, and so like from like a dark forest theory, I, 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 well, I'm an optimist, so it's hard for me not to be like, well, from like an optimistic standpoint, maybe they're just like either still scouting us out or have just decided, you know what? It's not worth it. The people on Mars are much more scared of us because they're not making any noise. Let's go hunt on Mars. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would like to know more about like, like, sorry, I'm, I'm taking the dark forest theory like as far to my imagination as I can take it. I want to know uh, what, what species in the solar system, what species in the universe are um, the birds making fuck noises. All right. So, uh great question i'm glad that you asked Thank uh you, yeah. are we are we extrapolating out into our our greater universe or are we still uh playing around within uh the three problem the three uh, problem i don't know however you want to do it i'm intrigued. No, i don't care either uh, way. Yeah. uh the glyph gorps in our real life uh universe obviously uh they are known for their uh whistling armpits and definitely the most uh songbird like of the uh the alien species excellent did uh, you make those up just now yeah I absolutely i did um and uh as for um the three body problem uh, so there are like only a couple of different kinds of aliens that you actually really get to like sort of interact with. Um, there is one group of people that, uh, I can't remember if it's just one of the aliens that is referred to as singer or if they're like, their people are referred to as singer. Um, but they are off and the singer is like, you know, monitoring these different monitoring devices that are just kind of, you know, scanning out into the void of the galaxy and, you know, just, you know, seeing what's out there. And um, there's an anomaly that is uh, effectively like a, a gravitational wave um, that's coming in pulses. And it ends up being uh, coordinates for a couple of star systems. And so once this singer realizes what's going on, he um, passes the message along and uh, goes ahead and does his job, what he's supposed to do in this circumstance, whenever there's any sort of weird uh, large-scale anomaly like this. Beeps a couple of keys on his keyboard and then proceeds to um, push a button. And uh, those two planets were Earth and uh, some other aliens planet called Troy Solaris. Uh, Tri Solaris, their star uh, gets punctured by something and ends up engulfing their planet and pretty much decimates everybody in just like, I don't know, a matter of seconds. Um, and uh, Earth got hit with a piece of paper. Um, that ended up expanding out and flattening our entire solar system into a two-dimensional space. Yikes. Yeah, it's good shit. Physics. Fantastic. A hell of a weapon. 
Yeah. Well, and then of course with the Fermi paradox, you have the species that just destroy themselves. Sure. Yeah. 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 There, there are um, plenty of so options those are the, for I'm that. Just, yeah. I'm trying to think what the so there's you 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 have your basic uh, species destroys itself, species saves itself and goes quiet, or there's something bigger out there so everybody is quiet so that they don't get attacked. Sort of, and those are for what it's worth, just a few of many like theoretical solutions to the Fermi paradox. Yeah. If you're actually interested in checking this out, uh, you or any of the listeners, there's an incredible channel on YouTube. There's also a podcast, um, I believe, of the same name by a gentleman named Isaac Arthur. I really love his work. Uh, he is a physicist that lives in Ohio, former uh, former uh, our um, artilleryman and the army. Um, Fascinating guy. Um, but if you check out Science and Futurism um, with Isaac Arthur, it's uh, very fascinating stuff. And he spends quite a bit of time um, talking about, one, just all kinds of different crazy futuristic things or physics concepts and stuff. Um, and also all sorts of different theoretical answers to things like the Fermi paradox or how do we build mega structures? Uh, how do we build a Dyson sphere around our solar system? Um, how do we build a Dyson swarm? All sorts of stuff. Um, really fascinating. I really recommend it. Isaac Arthur, definitely check him out. Nice. We'll do. I, um, I guess what I was wondering was, are those the three big categories of Fermi paradox or is there like, like if you could group them all, I'm sure there's thousands because I'm sure that lots of people have, have cool ideas. Uh, uh, but if you were to give them, if you were to give them broad categories. Um, so that's, that's tough. Uh, Cause there are a bunch of potential solutions. So like you were saying, one of the solutions could be like things going dark. Uh, and that could be for a multiple of reasons, even assuming that uh, a civilization doesn't necessarily just have an extinction event, right? And there are all sorts of things that could go to an extinction event. So I say extinction events are certainly one of those options. Um, another one um, I think you made a good point with would be like um, regression is probably the wrong word um the regression could probably also potentially be one like bombing yourself back into the stone age i guess that could probably also fall oh, yeah, under sure. your apocalypse or cataclysm or something to that effect um but you're like turning inward right um right. you come to the face of catastrophe and then you turn inward there could be a lot of reasons for for that itself um another potential could be um uh potentially just physics not being on our side and mm. uh potentially not being able to ever get to a certain percentage of speed of light to make interstellar travelable like any sort of really efficient Easy. right right because right. either because otherwise you'd be using like generation ships where you load up a bunch of colonists or people on a ship and then neither them nor their several times through great grandchildren will see it, but eventually some people and or descendants of yours will eventually right. get there. And you hope um, they even remember why where they came from and why. Right, exactly. Um, uh, I'm sure there are well, other they ones would that change I probably so significantly in space too. Oh, oh, certainly. I mean, uh, bombardment by cosmic radiation, uh, which you know, assumingly, uh, you'd, you'd assume they would account for. In the sure. shielding. Generations uh, of people trying to maintain 
critically maintain a ship that is probably thousands or tens of thousands of years old by the time that it reaches another star system. Yeah. Um, Not to mention, you know, have they perfected artificial gravity? What does that look like for their system? Um, What evolutionary pressures are they facing or not facing? And what effect does that have on their, uh, at that point, artificial um, selection? Sure. Um, Do they they try to maintain, like, is there a weird fascist eugenicist thing where they try to maintain the look of their original species? Right. Uh, Another couple of the um, categories could be like um, rarity of intelligent life. So like just life might exist, but it exists primarily in like cellular form and the conditions to make particularly complex life. Um, I mean, even on earth uh, life exists primarily as ants and bacteria. Sure. Yeah. And, and, um, and it would take, you know, pretty, it's taken pretty specific conditions, at least in this solar system, so far as we've seen to, to generate life. So far as we know, uh, it happens under pretty specialized and like specific circumstances. So, um, other things could be just like technological inefficiencies or, you know, shit like that. Dolphin people are going to have a really hard time trying to figure out how to make a rocket engine to go through space. Um, there's all sorts of like, I, I, there, there are probably people that are more uh, familiar with the subject that could probably categorize it better than me. I've just yeah, got like, just oh, I could rattle off a bunch of different possible solutions. Yeah, that all makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Thank you for your insights. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I guess my question for you is not whether or not it exists, not whether or not it's trying to contact us. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think David Grush is telling the truth or do you think that this is some, uh, I, I don't want to say psyop psyop feels too on too far. Sure. Sure. Um, conspiracy. Sure. Yeah. Conspiracy works, I guess. Conspiracy I think is entirely apt if only because I feel like there are things that have happened like this several times over that, that are, um, labeled as conspiracy. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. So on the face of it, I, I have no reason to trust anything that the Pentagon puts out. Uh, and of course they would say, I mean, anything one way or the other, uh, I would not be surprised if it came to light that we had aliens, that the Pentagon had just been, you know, Pentagon military as a whole had just been straight up lying to us for the last 80 years plus. Yeah. If they've been uh, men in blacking it since, you know, Roswell or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I think that it would be fun and I am hopeful, uh, that this guy is actually leaking some level of truth. I remain pretty skeptical. I would like to see, uh, I would like to see the alien ships, please. Yes. Bring and me like, convincing proof. Yeah, like that's and, and I f- I feel like that standard really just kind of hasn't been met yet. Like he makes some good points, and there's some weird videos um, from various sources, some of which being military sources, which is fun and fine and all, but without like greater context or like 
more information. I feel like this is just uh, slightly more updated Roswell so far. Yeah. Um, which is fun. Like, if we're going to have any kind of weird conspiracies plaguing the culture, I'd much rather people think that aliens exist and are listening into you. And, you know, you should probably get tinfoil hats put on than a number of the other com- conspiracies that we have going on now. Right. Things that are mostly harmless, yeah. I'm into. Yeah, fucking go for it. Tell me, tell me about your fucking alien experience. Like, right. I, I'd like to know, actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm vaguely interested at best. What uh, did they tell you? Why they're into butt stuff? It's just it seems like is it a you know cultural thing? Is it something right. that they picked they up they from think, us? You know, um, is it something they oh, picked up from somebody else? Right. Well, and. You know, um, the way that humans develop is ass first. It is true. Oh, sure. So maybe I actually don't to, know. I, I agree to that very quickly. Yeah, maybe they're just trying to uh, to communicate with uh, with the earliest form of human life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have so many questions about how butt stuff plays into, like, the wider galactic community and, like, societal norms. Yeah. Um, Dogs, Do all dogs aliens have butts? butts? Do a yeah. number of aliens have butts? Right. Are what butts, conditions? Yeah, right. Uh, like, are butts butts for other aliens? Or, right. you know, is it just like, oh, this is where the mouth is on us? Well, in another 60 years, we'll get some guy leaking autopsies of aliens, uh, and hopefully they're just all ass. It's just all ass. They're just, they're just assholes. Just ass all the way Absolutely. down. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, I, I would have to agree. I am skeptical. Um, I, you know, my, my highest standard of evidence is, you know, experimental, uh, repeatable, observable data. Sure. Um, now, because we can't do an experiment that proves it per se, uh, you know, like you can't, you can't prove experimentally that an orb in a video is anything sure per se, you know uh for the most part so the next best standard is i guess uh observational um and so you'd need eyewitnesses and lots of them uh um, i need or tangible right you need yeah. like an actual piece of the ship and yeah, like, I need, I need a former intelligence officer, David to go and steal some of this exotic material, right? Steal any of the ships that are still put together. Yeah. At team all. up with Squatch and Nicholas Cage. The ship. Yeah. And then hide from the Anunnaki, whatever it is. Sure. Those are the spider people, right? I think so. I think they're in charge of the butthole spiders. Ah, oh, nice. Uh, it's bringing it back around. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun. It's fun to think about. I like the idea uh, that aliens are finally reaching out to us. Um, maybe, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, oh, maybe this is, uh, it, it would be cool if the answer to the Fermi paradox is that um, aliens wait to see whether or not a species will destroy itself and then come in to intervene. Or just let it happen, and if they survive and aren't complete and total assholes, you know, give them a leg up. Right, yeah. Get to um, a sufficient point, like, technologically speaking. Right. Either way, that'd be cool. Culturally I'd like speaking. That. 
Uh, you know, I, I mean, looking at the climate crisis, um, I, so I'm, I'm a firm believer that humanity and some iteration will continue. Uh, I just don't know how many people are going to die before that happens. Going to return to monkey. Right. Um, I do know it's a possibility that, that we wipe out life as we know it um, entirely. I would love if something intervened from outside, uh, not just for religious reasons, but because sometimes I'm not sure I'm not sure we can handle it because the people in charge see everyone else literally as NPCs. Yeah. And that's a, that's a serious problem. It really is. So, yeah. So I don't know. I I don't have anything. I am optimistic, but I don't have anything optimistic to say. I'm just sort of waiting and hoping. All right. So aliens unveil themselves. The greater galactic, uh, the greater galaxy is now uh, wide and open. Yeah. Uh, which sci-fi universe would be your best case scenario, and which sci-fi universe would be your worst case scenario? Best case is man. It might. Oh no, the end of that is terrible. Uh, best case is probably Star Trek or the Orville. Okay. I think this is Star Trek for sure. Excellent answer. Yeah. Uh, worst case. Worst case might actually. I, I, I don't know if I know enough sci-fi to answer worst case. My knee jerk feeling is actually Doctor Who. Interesting. Because uh, canonically within the series, humanity, uh, what's great about humanity is we make it to the end of all things. What sucks is the master then turns us into globs of people goo living inside of balls that are spiky Mm -hmm. uh, and then sends us back in time to kill humanity in the 20th century. Huh. And that's bad. That would be bad. I wouldn't like that for us. You know, I wouldn't be alive then, but I wouldn't like that for us. That'd be a bad ending to humanity. That would be a bad one. Um, I love Doctor Who. I wanted to say it's the most optimistic and positive. You know, the the idea of like uh, the universe just goes on and on and there's, you know, we mostly don't interact with each other except when this one random travelers on Earth. Um, Seems neat. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's always in the, it's always a world ending threat. And the only people who ever know what's going on are the doctor and his companion. <laughs> so we would just be, we'd Fair be enough. lurching from existential crisis to existential crisis. And we have a choice between being like fascists or wilf. And I feel like most people would be fascists just because it would give them some feeling of control. Um, I'd like to think I'd be a wilf and I would just be, uh, uh, I'd just be standing out looking at the stars all the time, waiting for the big blue box, but you know, you're here. I don't know. What do you think? What is, what's your, what's your best and worst? Oh man. Best case scenario. Uh, easy star Wars. Uh, I want to get the force. Um, oh, that's a, that's a really solid point. Easy, easy layup. Uh, worst case scenario tied between, um, 
the clouds parting and some sort of Imperium ship from Warhammer 40k oh, dropping fuck. down from the sky. Yeah. Or equally tied with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where Earth just gets blown up so somebody can put a new uh, galactic highway in. I can't believe I forgot about <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, what a... <laughs> Uh, at, at least what in Doctor Who, said. at least in Doctor Who, we're somewhat cosmically important. But yeah. the idea that we're we're so unimportant that no one bothered to tell us we were being demolished. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what else sucks is um, uh, in the the latest season of Rick and Morty, uh, that actually just that sci-fi universe in general seems like it blows. Yeah. To be honest, uh, the I idea agree. that. Um, uh, that the universe exists in a sort of cosmic balance where uh, dinosaurs evolved hyperintelligence and travel from world to world, terraforming everything to the needs of the species on those planets. But in uh, a weird cosmic coincidence, there also evolved a species of sentient asteroid that destroys every planet they go to. <laughs> Bad. Don't like yeah. that. Um, the idea that... that um, our solar system is uh, in an intergalactic alliance of planets and stars and the moon um, that no one on earth knows about, but could fall into disarray at any time because a 10 year old boy doesn't want to cut his dick off and he steals the scepter and disillusions an entire religion. <laughs> Don't love that. Fair. <laughs> that would be, that would also be a bad one, Joe. Right. There's really no, uh, there's no pros. I think for a, a universe where we're in, doc, where where we're in, um, Rick and Morty. Yeah, I agree. There's, uh, uh, it's like poetry. It, it sort is. of rhymes. It is. Yeah. Uh. Well, fuck. On that note. Yeah, giant incest babies from space can ascend, descend on us at any time. God, that's a. Uh, have to write that one down. Yep. That's very. I don't know. It feels too on the nose to what's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, well, Sorry, on that far. note, uh, no, probably. Uh, what are you geeking on this week? Oh, what am I geeking on this week? I am geeking on, um, I feel like lots of things. My garden is doing pretty well. Nice. Um, we Did got our house of potatoes. Up. Yeah, oh, I had I got two sprouts at least. Oh, nice! Starting to make their appearance, so I'm happy about that. Um, super easy to grow potatoes. Don't know why I haven't done it before. <laughs> um, very happy about that. Uh, still playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Starting to become so bored with it. Yeah, because it's just it's all side quests, and even the main quests are fucking side quests. How and far into are you? I just I, I I'm probably like. I feel like I've been playing for 15 or 20 hours mm -hmm. and I just now finally met Pericles. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Started running fair. a couple of his errands for him. Actually, I just met Socrates. If that helps you. That does help me. So you just recently got to Athens then. Yeah. Or... All right, cool. Cause I've been running around doing nothing, but exploring. yeah, uh, which, yeah, it's beautiful. I love how beautiful it is, but fuck. I think that you're probably uh, uh, 
pacing along exactly with my uh, feelings uh, for the game and probably about where I was in gigs. I feel like it was probably around 15 hours or so whenever I finally reached Athens. Yeah. Um, Sparta is pretty cool. Uh, there are some places that are worth actually just going and adventuring out to. Uh, and some of the story beats are cool. I didn't finish the game. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm... I've reached the point where you mentioned last week, I should just power through the the main storyline. Yeah. And I'm starting to consider that that's the thing to do. The problem is I, so I started powering through it and it's just as boring as the side quests. It gets fuck wild, not far ahead of where you are at now. I didn't finish it, but there are at least a couple of moments where it's just like, what in the holy God is going on right now in a very interesting way. All right. I'm excited about that. I do feel, I feel that it makes perfect sense to me that that's coming. I don't know, man. It's not, I don't know how to put it. I, I love an open world game. I think it's cool that they exist. It's sprawling though. It is so sprawling. It is way bigger than it needs to be. And I just, I'm, I am not the right. I grew up playing games like final fantasy where you have to check every single corner of every single screen of every single room of every single screen for any secret that might be hidden in the walls, on the walls, under the walls, in the jars. And and you have to talk to everybody you can talk to. And that is some, for some reason, that's how I have always played games because of that. My, my formative experience on games is that's how you fucking play. And this world is too big for that. It it really it really absolutely is. Um, it's really cool the amount of like detail that they put into it. It's incredible. Uh, it's a it's a staggering amount of it's detail. So beautiful. Uh, some of the different temples that you go to, um, just gorgeous. The mosaic tiles that they've got all over the walls. Um, yeah, the wildlife is super realistic. Yeah, um, um, Sparta. Really fucking cool. I don't think that you've probably been there yet. In I game. don't think I have. Yeah. Yeah. Sparta is really cool. There's one. Oh, what's the fuck city in between Sparta and Athens? Is that Corinth? Yeah. That sounds like Corinth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cause they got the, they have the, um, other well, prostitutes, but they have a special name. Yeah. Uh, Aertes or. Sure. Uh, that's also a pretty fun place. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I'm not a hundred percent if it's like just some islands or supposed to be like the north of Africa all the way down to the south. Oh, all right. Um, uh, but that's pretty fascinating. Uh, once you start like sailing down through like the big body of water, uh, EGN, it's uh pretty fun and cool. All right. Well, I'll look forward to that. What are you geeking on this week? Uh, I'm glad that you asked. Uh, so I have been transitioning from Jedi Survivor, which I had recently finished up. Incredible game, peerless, 10 out of 10. Probably one of the best Star Wars games I've ever played. Nice. Um, so I've been trying to figure out what to play here, uh, recently. And I've had a handful of friends try and uh, tempt me down a dark path uh, and get Diablo 4. Uh, I have 
been steadfast and didn't do that. So since I didn't do that and uh, have been trying really hard not to continue to support Blizzard for pretty much any reason, um, I have gotten uh, Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Trader, um, which is a CRPG um, that is made by Alcat, who is the studio who made... um, Pathfinder Kingmaker and Pathfinder uh, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. And I think they also made Pillars of Eternity, but I'm not sure about that one. Uh, It plays a lot like the old Baldur Gate games. Uh, And Joe, I think that you would love it. It's a great introduction to Warhammer. Um, The text, it's uh, fairly text heavy. Um, it's a lot of that, like you were saying, going and finding things in special places, uh, following clues and trails, interacting with tons and tons of different NPCs. Um, uh, there's a pretty deep like conversational uh, system that goes on, uh, along with different kinds of relationships and reputations that your character can have. Um, and it is just fantastic. It's in beta right. right now. It uh went in beta on June, and I believe that it will be officially launching. I want to say, uh, later this summer. So far as I know, I think it might be July, um, uh, but probably as late as August. I know they were saying that they were going to be uh, doing a full launch this summer. So, uh, Rogue Trader definitely worth checking out. All right. Dope, dope, dope. There you go. You like what you heard. And you want to hear us talk about more aliens and stuff or just other things in general, give us five stars and tell us what your favorite aliens are and where Mm. they're from. What are they like? Yeah. Why is your forest dark? God. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to tell us other things, you can do so on any of the socials. All you have to do is search at Geekcast Live. And you can also check out the website that I made at violentpress.com. Nice. If you want to support us in other ways, you can do so over at patreon.com slash geekcast live or uh, buy our merchandise over at gcl.threadless.com. gcl.threadless.com. Is that everything? Feels like it is. Patreon, uh, Google, socials, your sure. yeah. uh, email, Nick. Um, just things. Just email yep. at yep. greengriffinnick at gmail Perfect. Um, he's gonna uh, love that I just dropped that. Yeah, if we could find other ways to dox him, we should. Bye. <laughs> Bye, grandparents. We'll see you in hell. We love you very much. Um. Oh, no, we don't want to see people in hell anymore. We're going to have to change that. Yeah, they did just take Pat Robertson back, didn't uh, they? Yeah. If you're in New York, wear a mask. Protect your 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 lungs from the smoke. Or don't. I'm not your dad. Hey, everyone. Nico here again. And as we always like to do about this time, we've got to send a shout out and a big thank you to all of our supporters uh, on Patreon and on all the socials, all the folks that help make this thing go. You know who you are. We love you. Our man, Danger Johnson, Brandon Rust, Kelly Shuttlewood, the Poly Nerds, Lada Bartova, Jesse G. Letourneau, Lemon Wedge, 
uh, Scott S. I don't know if that's, I'd like to people to stick with their whole name. Big Pickleson, Little Eddie Horsecock, Big Frank Micropenis, but that's not spelled the way you think it is. It's spelled like a Frenchman. The Clicker from Boston, Chud Thune, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., uh, different one. Uh, Stan Lee from Beyond the Grave, Rip. Night City's Finest Juggalo, Steve. Nick Kroll, not that Nick Kroll, it's both a C. Four Finger Emily, uh, Little Titty Baby, The K-Man, Jew Dave, Dave the Fish, and the embodiment of Skulldudgery. You know who you are. If we forgot you, write in, we'll add you to the list. Thank you, as always, and uh, we miss you, poopsies. See you soon. Check this.